Okay, yesterday's daf was daf yud base. Today is daf yud gimel. We'll do a review of yesterday's daf. Get to today's. <coughs> so, the um, the we started off yesterday um, with a uh, question. Basically, the question is: is uh, when somebody is uh, t- uh, d- divorces his wife. She remarries somebody else, and then he takes her back. So the question is, what is the halachic status of? Obviously, that's an avera. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to take back your wife after you divorced her, and she married somebody else in the interim. But he did so anyway. Now the question is, what's the story with Yibum if he dies without children? Okay, and we saw two versions of the question. We could ask it about the the Max Grushaso, meaning herself, and then you could ask about the uh, um, about about the tzara. Is it uh, you know does it affect the tzara? You know, in one version we know for sure that in one version we know for sure that it would be definitely not able to do uh, yibum to her, but do we extend that to the tzara as well? Or not, and that's the discussion. So that was the question we start off with, and we took it from the top of the page on Daf Yud and we came to at least what we thought was an answer. Um, it says that if somebody takes, uh, if there's two women to do yibum to one is kosher and one's pasul. So if he's doing chalitza, he should do chalitza to the psula. If he's doing yibum, he should do yibum to the kshera. Now, what does it mean, kshera and psula? If we're talking about kshera to the world and psula to the world, so since to him it's fine, so then why does it matter? So it must be related to him. To him it's kosher, to him it's possible. Point being is, only the max grushaso, is there no, that's what we think it's referring to, max grushaso, you can't do yibum too. Only chalitza. If you're doing chalitza, you do chalitza to her, but if you're doing yibum, you can't do yibum to her, you do yibum to the co-wife. But that's basically that it doesn't extend to the co-wife. But there is an iser uh, yibum to her. That's the uh, that's what we thought is a nice source. The problem is the commercial says that's not what it means. Maybe it's talking about uh, the world, the Sheol Alma or Psula Alma. Uh, why does it matter? Uh, the answer is like Rav Yosef teaches that uh, Rebbe's teaching proper behavior, human behavior. That if somebody has something that might be of value to somebody else, you shouldn't spill it out and waste it when other people actually need it. So same thing over here. You know, you're you're you should do yours to be able to help with the shidduch crisis, especially for a single kahanim out there that are limited who they can marry. Um, not referring to anyone in particular. Not a, no, Baruch Hashem, you're taken. Uh, Baruch Hashem, you know, but it, but you know it was tough, right? Yeah. It is tough. So that's the point. You know, um, there's one less person. So that's the exact. Uh, uh, that's that's exactly what what we're talking about. Anyway. So the point being is, there is no proof to that uh, from here. We, we talked about the case of Max Grishoso Mishinesis. We said, So obviously it means, oh, he old Sarasa. So what do you see? That, uh, that, 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 that you can only do Chalitza Nat Yibam. That does answer the question. Mar says, once you're already amending the text, maybe to her you only do Chalitza, but to her, the Tzara, you would be able to do even more Chalitza, and again, not conclusive. 
Prut took us to the next discussion, Rav Levi, Lili Bar Mamal, said in the name of Ukva, in the name of Shmuel. What about the, the co-wife of a, of a woman who does Mion, a girl, she can't, a little younger than a woman, she's a, a, a minor, um, so it's uh, prohibited. Now the question is, who is she prohibited to? To the brothers? Why would she be prohibited to the brothers? If, if even the, even the Mamenes is allowed to marry the brothers, okay? Somebody uh, does Mion, when she does Mion, it basically approves that marriage altogether, and, uh, and any of the relations would be permitted to, to, to her to marry. So the Gemara is saying, we're talking about to uh, the person she's doing me and to, meaning she's doing me and to the Yavam. She had not done me and to her original husband. Um, and what's the difference? Um, uh, so, so, so the Gemara explains um, that this looks like a case of Tzaras Bita Mamenes. Okay? What's the source that Tsaras Bitama Menace is already prohibited at all? Then we learned that if anybody any of the Arayos did Mion, so then it basically um it's it it, 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 it there's no Isser of Tsar Serva. That's what we learned in a Mishnah. Um so the Gemara says that's depend if she and if it's talking about to the Baal, isn't that the same as Grusha? Must be it's talking about to the Yavam, and she could do Mion to the Yavam. And then there is no assert to the tsara. So the Gemara says, no, what we're talking about over here is to the Baal, even though it's very similar, basically the same thing as divorce, because she did meal to him, but uh, it's two types of Girishin, basically. So the, and the question is, is, what's the difference? When you do meal to the husband, you're uprooting everything from the beginning. When you do meal to the Afam, it still uproots her original marriage altogether. So what's the difference? So the Gemara answers is that it already optically looks bad, and uh, it's nearest kekalasa, like we saw in the other halacha. So to here, it's nearest kitsaras bito, and that's the idea. Okay. Brings us to the next discussion. Ravasi talks about tsaras islandness. He says tsaras islandness is prohibited, and that's based on the pasuk. The pasuk says which tells us that there's no mitzvah yibum to an islandess. Um, so once the nomad is Yibam, so she's in Eshazach that remains baser. Once she remains baser, so then it transfers to the Kohif as well. That's the idea. So Rav Shesha says, but it talks about a case where there's three men married to three unrelated women, and one of the, uh, one of the brothers dies, and the second brother does mimer to, the, to, to the, the first brother's wife, and then he dies. There's no, the rest, whoever else is around, can only do both these women need chalitza and not you cannot do yibum to either of them. Why? Because special pasuk says meis echo mehem yavam yavalah. That's to be a zika of only one yavam and not a zika of two yavam. And since she this second brother did maimer to this first to the first brother's wife, so it's as if she's falling to yibum from both brothers, and that just simply is no, not allowed to do yibum in that case. And Rav Yosef qualifies this and says that you should know that this is the only case of Tzaras Eishasach Me'av where the Isnafila causes it, which you don't find anywhere else like this. Now, isn't that coming to exclude Tzaras Islandis where it's permitted? And where says, no, maybe it's coming to include Tzaras Islandis where it's totally forbidden. I mean, it's the, 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 the here, um, in that case, of uh, you still have to do Chalitza. Um, maybe it's worse. So the point being, 
is that this is where the Isra Nefila causes it. Therefore, the, car, the co-wife requires Chalitza. The islandess even doesn't require Chalitza at all because um, that's a Daraisid in this is the idea of Zika Shnei is really only a rabbinic law because Maimur is not even a Torah reality. It really doesn't even no do anything. Maimur. There's no Maimur from the Torah, exactly. What? Zika is not also, it's also rabbinic. I'm not saying that, but the point being is, is the bond of, ma- of a mimer is, is rabbinic. Because really that has, you can only do kiddushin to a person who um, who you're permitted to. And it, it, but the point being is is that in the mitzvah of Yibam, you're already betrothed in a sense. So it's like a not, it doesn't really, it doesn't really have an effect. Sound like a, it doesn't create. Yeah, it's taking a claim, but it's all a rabbinic reality. It's not a total reality. Yeah. Didn't we study when we studied the Maima that if some, if one of the brothers decides, one brother makes a Maima, and the other brother decides to marry her, and if he marries her, then he's, the he's going to have married. to divorce her. If and one, give her. When there's Maima, then the other brother comes with a Zibu. We, we force him we force him to divorce her because we because we do because on the rabbinical level we, we do validate think, yeah. we validate that mimer and the mimer we're going to force to we're gonna both have to give again what well, it technically does work point. Yeah. but really she's a married man to that other brother exactly right exactly because mimer is only a rabbinic reality that's exactly correct anyway um, but uh, doesn't the Mishnah say that uh, all of these cases, if Mesu Miyuno and Niskarshu or Nimtu Island is, that Saras are Mutter? So the Gemara says that's if you knew about it. it. Well, no, that's if you didn't know about it. We're talking about here where he knew about it, and he said, even though she's an island, I want to stay married to her. So it's a full on marriage. That's the idea. Anyway, um, and it fits to the Mishnah because it says Nimtu. Nimtu means that it wasn't aware. So therefore, it's a Mekach Tos that it basically undoes the entire marriage to the Erva. And therefore, the co-wife will be permitted. Okay. So Rabbi says, he argues on this. He says that the halacha is, is that the Tzara's island is, is Muteras. Even if you knew about it, it doesn't affect the co-wife at all. Even if it's Tzara's Bita Islandess, um, it's also permitted to the co-wife. I doesn't it say only Nimtu, not Hikirba? Yeah, so the Lord says, so correct it to Shayu Island. It doesn't matter. When Ravin came to Rabbi Yechon, he says that all these cases, Saras Mamedes, Saras Eilinus, and Saras Matsugushasa, are all mutter. It does not affect the co-wife. The co-wife would still be both Yibam or Chalitza available. Now, um, the Rabbivi said before of Nachman, there are three women that are um, allowed to use Moch. We're sort of getting into a different halacha here. Uh, moch is um, a type of a diaphragm, it's a sponge or something that absorbs the semen that inhibits her ability to become pregnant. Anyway, who are these three people? The Katana, the Milberes, and the Menika, the minor, the woman who is pregnant already, and a nursing woman. Now, a uh, minor, the fear is maybe that she's gonna, um, that maybe, maybe she'll uh, become pregnant. And it could harm her. You know, she's too young to really handle pregnancy. Um, a milberis woman is maybe that she will, um, maybe she'll get what's called like a double. What's it called? Is what? Do you remember the technical Sando. term? Double pregnancy. Sando. Sando. 
It's called Sandal? <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So, uh, which is, you know, just lose the child. <laughs> and a nursing woman is maybe, uh, she'll be forced to uh, wean her child early, and the child could die. So, uh, and what's the age of Ketanah that we worried about? From age 11 in a day to 12 in a day. Less than that, and greater than that, there's no problem. You, you wouldn't be allowed to have, not uh, to use this method, but, uh, you just do, because under that age, it's not possible for her to become pregnant. And above that age, it's, uh, it's fine for her to become pregnant, because she's strong enough, she's big enough. Um, that she does her mayor come say that in all these cases um, she can have relations in the regular way and it's not a problem. Uh, Hashem will have heaven, will, will have mercy. Heaven will have mercy as the rule is Shomer Psalm Hashem. You know what you don't know. You know, Hashem can watch us over and protects us from harm. But That's don't we say, Rabbi, that just because you say God will help you out, that you still have to do something to help our God too? From this world? God is. It's called Ishtablus, yes, but there's the idea that um, there's a, it's definitely, there's definitely a, is a line when you need to do that, but the obligation of Ishtablus is you have to hit a certain threshold of, of risk, of danger. If it's under that, then, then, then there is no requirement to act. Um, and even though... And the Rabbanim says... He's saying, Shomer Psalm Hashem. That's what the rabbi is saying. There's no, you know, the likelihood of her becoming pregnant, a double pregnancy, is rare. You don't have to necessarily worry about it. That's okay, all. And that maybe, maybe I can understand, but how about those, a, young, a young woman under 12? The same thing. The likelihood 12. of her becoming pregnant at under 12 is very rare. That's the point. Okay, well. So the Gemara says, um, um, the fact that uh, she, she, she might become pregnant and might die yes. indicates that it's possible even for a minor to become pregnant and not die. It's just that she might die, but she could live. And therefore, the question is on our Mishnah, because our Mishnah said that you, one thing you can't ascribe to a mother-in-law is that she's, that the mother-in-law does mean because that's an impossibility. How could she be able to do mean? Um, it's impossible for her to become pregnant uh, as a minor, uh, and you can only do milun as a minor. So, but we said it is possible. Um, you can't say about them that they're either found to be an islandist because they had children, or that they did milun. So the Gemara says no. We have to amend the text. It's not shemitis aber Thomas, but shemitis aber Thomas. If she would become pregnant, she and would definitely die. And that's why, if she's alive, then you know she didn't become pregnant. She's then, then you know she's not a, she was not a, she did not do me. Um, as Rabbi Bariloy says, there's a boundary before the age of 11. Um, she cannot become pregnant under, under 11. Um, within this year, right before uh, adulthood, uh, that she can become, she, she uh, can become pregnant, but both her and her child's life will die. After this time, they can both live. So the Gemara says, but doesn't Rabbi Barshmuel say that that you can call them an island is Ormianu because they already gave birth. So you see, it's really dependent on, the proof is that they gave birth. It's not because they, uh, that, that they, they, you know, the, 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 which, the fact that it's dependent on the child 
indicates that she could have been a Gitana, but that she gave birth. Um, so, uh, so the Gemara explains not that they not that they're an adult. So the Gemara answer is really it could be that it's a, a suffix. Maybe she'll be uh, come pregnant, and maybe she'll die. There's a risk. It's not a definite. But what's the difficulty? The Rabbi Safra says that banim is equivalent to simanim. So therefore, by definition, having given birth to the child, that oh, yeah. means she's adulted. So her ability to do mion at that juncture is lost because once she, that's equivalent to simanim, which means she is an adult now. Underage or older, overage, she is an adult. And others say that banim are even greater than simanim. What is that relevant to? Even Rabbi Yehuda, who says that you need a later stage of development, to up, up until a later stage of development, you can still do miyun, um, he'll agree that, that, that the threshold has been crossed by a, girl, by a girl, young girl who gave birth. And Rabbi says that no, banim, there's no such thing as banim without simanim. Why we want to look for the simanim? Maybe they fell out. I thought we're not choshesh, there's no machlokas, whether we worry about that. That's in general, but here this girl gave birth, so the chashash is, but now, now we definitely are, will consider that maybe the simanim were there, but they fell out from the pain of childbirth, and that could be the scenario, and that is where we left off yesterday. Take it from here.